welcome to Docupied, a podcast about anime, manga, light novels, and industry news. I'm your host, Brandon, otherwise known as Doc Pay, and let's jump right into the light novel series I'll be discussing this episode. You already know the title, but it's The Alchemist Who Survived Now Dreams of a Quiet City Life by Usata Nonohara. This series has three volumes currently available in English. It's published by Yen Press. Uh, Volume 4 is actually due out on the 22nd of this month, which is Tuesday, I think. Yep, definitely Tuesday. And the series is actually only six volumes in total. So we're actually halfway through, um, which is somewhat unusual. Six volumes is, is fairly short for kind of a light novel series. But I actually kind of really appreciate that. And actually, before I really jump into things, here's your, I guess, general spoiler warning. Um, As usual, I will not be talking specifically about any major plot or character spoilers, but I will be talking in general about the series, characters, and writing. Uh, So kind of as usual, this is meant to be somewhat of a first impression rather than a spoiler-filled review. So... There's your warning. So like I was saying, this series is only six volumes in total, and now having read three volumes, so half of it, I actually really appreciate that it's not going to kind of run on forever. It definitely seems like the kind of story that progresses and needed more of a finite amount of storytelling and like plot. I'm actually a, a really big fan of, or, or rather I'd say in recent years I've preferred things that are Short and sweet is one way to say them, but have more of an end goal in mind and is very, I'm not going to say expedient in getting there because I don't want them to like rush necessarily, uh, but gets to that end goal without, you know, dragging things out. I've come to appreciate more well-crafted, shorter experiences. And so something that's six volumes is like a really great read for me. So let me kind of tell you about the story a little bit, and then I'll get into my thoughts on the whole thing. The basic premise of this story is our main character, Mariella, is an alchemist. So I guess I should back up even more. This is kind of a slice of life fantasy story with elements of drama and romance thrown in. It's not really a battle story, which I say, but then later on in, you know, further volumes like two and three there are definitely like battle fantasy parts to it and i'll explain what that means later but the focus isn't on that the focus is more of a slice of life drama type story but in a fantasy world so our our main character mariella is an alchemist in this fantasy world the setup is simply that this big stampede of monsters happens that ends up, you know, destroying the city she lived near and, you know, killing all kinds of people. In the midst of that, she puts herself in this, like, state of suspended animation uh, in, you know, like a cellar or whatever. And the story begins when she wakes up from that. Her initial intent with that was to simply wake up when it was over. However, due to the nature of how things work there, she wakes up 200 years later. And you learn why pretty shortly. And I won't spoil the joke because it's actually pretty funny. Um, But 
we'll just say she she makes a, a little minor mistake and ends up waking up 200 years later. So in those 200 years, a whole crap tons of things change, and as you would expect, everything is different. One of the major changes is that because of that monster stampede that happened, this like city area is unable to, um, I won't say produce, but alchemists aren't able to, like there aren't able to be any more new alchemists in this area because of what happened. They lost their connection to like the ley line. It's a whole system that the author has like developed surrounding alchemy in this, but suffice it to say, there are no more alchemists in that city. There are alchemists everywhere else. However, again, it's all due to this like really kind of granular alchemy system that the author has set up. Uh, but potions from like other areas aren't viable. Like they don't work outside of their kind of area of creation. So in that respect, this area doesn't have any alchemists in the current day who can make potions, which is a real big problem in this world because the former city that got trampled and has been like rebuilt after this stampede is now called the Labyrinth City, and there's now a giant dungeon labyrinth at its heart that its citizens are working to clear. So I will say that it's not necessarily game-like in that it doesn't read like a, a person was transported into a video game but clearly a lot of the setting is inspired by video game or, or maybe more telling rpg mechanics so not necessarily just like video game but like rpg stuff it's very very like very steeped in those kind of rpg mechanics and anyone who knows anything about you know kind of classic rpg stuff like you know, D&D or, or even, you know, video game RPGs, big MMOs like, you know, World of Warcraft, whatever, you'll recognize pretty much everything that they're throwing out there. Like, you don't need to have that background to understand things. At least I don't think so. I mean, I have it, so I do. So it's kind of hard to judge this from the perspective of not. But I never read it in a way that, or I didn't think as I was reading it, that it was something you needed to have that background to understand. It certainly helps, but the crux of the story is the characters, their development, and kind of how thing like how Mariella is both adjusting to this new world 200 years later and changing it by her, you know, mere presence. There are a handful of other kind of main characters, especially through these first three volumes. Uh, Sieg or Siegmund is our other like primary character he's introduced in volume one and then there's lynx he's also introduced uh lynx is part of a group of like transport people in this world that uh she initially runs into after waking up from her you know like suspended animation and there's a whole group of people surrounding him that all becomes friends with her and so that's a whole group of of characters as well um there's several factions of characters, and I don't want to get too deep into it simply because that's not the point of this, but there's a, there's a nice, lively cast of characters, I'll say that. And those characters are definitely a part of the stronger uh, aspect of this series. 
So actually, yeah, let me let me just dive into the characters since I'm kind of already talking about them. Um, like I said, Mariella is, is our main character. She's young, but not like child young. I think she's like 16 or whatever at the start of the story. And time definitely passes. And so she, she is changing and aging, not in like six years necessarily, but a good chunk of time does pass within the first three volumes. But yeah, so she's, you know, she's young, but not like a child. Um, generally, she's, you know, compassionate, really talented for what she does, hardworking, has a very kind of humble, down to earth, uh, real feel to her. She loves snacking and sweets. And she's a she's a big glutton, big fan of food and food related things. So I related really well to that, <laughs> even if they're talking about like eating monsters and, and stuff that just doesn't exist. But I can relate to the to the notion and the feelings behind what she's getting up to. But as a job or her job as an alchemist is to create potions that can heal people, can help them recover, things like that. So she's also quite compassionate definitely wants to help people doesn't like seeing people you know suffer or in pain or injured a lot of the thrust of the plot in the first three volumes is the fact that she tries to keep her existence as an alchemist secret because of the implications of what happens if people find out that she is an alchemist who can make potions in this area you know she's afraid of being like locked in a dungeon and forced to make potions all day every day non-stop kind of thing which sounds awful for one but also sounds like a somewhat realistic thing that could happen in that like medieval fantasy-esque world where the nobles in charge of the region if they find out that she's an alchemist who can make potions in this area would love to just like sweep her up and just like lock her down so not an unreasonable concern of hers Sieg is initially introduced as a slave. So in this world, there is slavery. Uh, I mean, like any other world that's ever existed, including our own and including current day in our own, which is insane, but that, that's a whole nother thing. Um, in the story, the author writes this less like they're enslaved for like racial or all like any other kind of uh, like war-based means. The slavery within the series, and especially in relation to the Labyrinth City, is more like penal laborers. So this is expanded more in additional volumes, but people who tack on too much debt, they get sent there to like work off their debt for the rest of their life kind of thing. So it's it's either meant to be penal laborers or debt laborers. Um, I guess I flip-flop those. So penal labor is being people who've committed crimes that they just don't have the capacity to reform or like put in jail or things like that. So they send them there and basically work them until they die. And then debt labor, so people who get sent there to work off enormous amounts of debt who can't otherwise do so. So there's there's a system in place within the world that, and that's the reason that it's like used as a plot point. So Siegmund, at the start of the story, shows up as a slave who's like on the verge of dying. Um, Mariella just having woken up and returned and like came to the Labyrinth City with 
um, Lynx's group, which is the Black Iron Freight Corps. She ends up using some money that she earned from selling potions to their group in order to buy Siegmund. And she mainly does this because she's like wants information. They're trying to they're they were like making a point of kicking him around kind of thing, and she didn't like that. There was the whole thing, but the the main deal was like she was just realizing that she's now alone in this world 200 years later has no one to talk to her or rely on or or just do anything with and so she catches sight of his like mesmerizing you know clear blue eye and it's like hmm i don't think he's a bad guy and decides to to buy him uh, and then proceeds to you know heal him up and and help him recover and and that's kind of the beginning of their relationship, which is, you know, has a number of problems. But I think the story actually does a really, really good job of letting those problems exist, especially with Siegmund, or Sieg, as she calls him for short. He's incredibly conflicted about his, like, feelings for Mariella, especially early on in the first, like, two volumes, where he's, like, both indebted to her, you know, because she saved him, but also, you know, really likes her because she's not a complete asshole like her, like his, like the former master that he was under who drove him to this, like, basically near-death state. There's a, there's a whole thing. And I actually really appreciate that it's very not clear-cut, especially early on, that, you know, he struggles with this relationship and it's not something that's, like, so easily hand-waved for them. So despite, you know, like slavery being used as a plot element in this story it's it's definitely handled better than you might see in some like other fantasy light novels where that's more of a like wish fulfillment kind of like hey i'm a master to a bunch of hot girls kind of nonsense and then of course like i said there's lynx uh, and the black iron freight corps uh lynx is kind of a he's also more around mariella's age he's somewhat mischievous but also is there to like help out and definitely cares about both of them a lot and grows to to really become close with Mariella and Sieg enough that you know by volume three Lynx and, and Sieg are, are like best of friends you know it's a whole thing and so it's, it's actually a really nice tight group of like core cast that the author does a really great job of like developing on and then there's like a nice, good, solid side cast of, of recurring characters that I'm quite fond of as well. So overall, characters, very well done, very interesting. They've got some like recognizable elements to them, but the dynamic and the way they're written are, are very well done. And so another kind of well done thing, and this is leading into one of the more important bits of like why, the, why I think this story is like really good, and that's because the author has spent a ton of like time or mental energy, whatever, to developing like a very granular, detailed uh, system and world here. So the alchemy system is like incredibly fleshed out, uh, especially in comparison to a lot of other similar like fantasy light novel series. It's it's very in depth, so much so that like a lot of the volumes. Uh, or sorry, a lot of the like chapters or time in the early volumes 
for example, are devoted to Mariella and Mariella and Sieg going out to like harvest resources for Mariella, Mariella to make potions with. And, you know, very specific, you know, we've got names and locations where they're found and how these materials are processed and in what order and, you know, things like temperatures, pressures, and it's, it's very in-depth. I'll just say that much. There's a lot of information about you know, processing raw materials, gathering those raw materials, then processing those materials, and then using alchemy to turn them into potions. So if you're into systems that have a lot of nitty-gritty to them in your story, this world does, absolutely. And building on that, the author clearly does a lot of like interesting world building. And it's not necessarily in the lore dumpy narrator kind of way either. Mariella is the perfect excuse for lore stuff. So like I said, she woke up 200 years later in this functionally brand new world. Everything is different, which means we get to learn along with Mariella about the state of the world and everything that's occurred over the last 200 years and you know how things are right now. So it's actually a very clever mechanism that the author used so that we could learn and build on the world as the main character does. There was clearly quite a lot of thought put into how all of the systems and world uh, and like state of the world fit together. And I don't want to get into too much of it because there's some like plot related stuff here. But for example, the, the reason the stampede happened is related to the existence of the labyrinth, which is related to the existence of like why the labyrinth city exists, which also helps explain why there are no alchemists in the current day, which helps explain why they're struggling to, to like clear this labyrinth in that time. Like there's, Everything is layered and built on like this foundation of this world, and it all really ties in. There's almost nothing superfluous. And like I said, I'm only three volumes in, but the author seems to have like really, really fleshed everything out such that it's very coherent. The, the world building is incredibly coherent with the storyline and the way it progresses, the way the plot goes forward with like what's happening in the labyrinth and then what's happening outside of it. Like there's a lot of really good connection between all of it. It doesn't feel like this story could be told in any other fantasy uh, universe or any other fantasy light novel story. It, it's not like that. This story, these characters, this plot has to work in this world that this author has created. There's just an incredible link between all the, the disparate elements here that you don't often see in, in like light novel writing. Which kind of brings me to my point about like this series is, is dense as a read. You can get through it fairly quickly. It's still a light novel, don't get me wrong. But it is definitely a denser light novel. There's a, there feels like a lot more meat here uh, to chew on. It's not quite as like simple or straightforward as some other series. That's not to say it's not easy to follow and it's not it's not overly complicated either. It's simply that it's there's definitely more here than you might expect. One other kind of interesting aspect to this story is that 
the author is not afraid to move stories and plot lines around. In the first three volumes, there are significant plot and character development moments that happen. Again, I'm not going to like spoil anything specifically, but this author does not pull their punches, I will say. The series doesn't feel like it stagnates in that way, especially, I mean, it's been three volumes and our main characters have gotten fairly significant development overall. The plot has moved quite a bit and there's definitely been some like really significant things that have happened. I can't even really hint at anything here because I don't want to give anything away at all for this. Um, but let's just say that events in in Volume 3 and what happens there are... I mean, I'm obviously looking forward to Volume 4, but I can't wait to see how things develop from there, is what I'll say. That's it. <laughs> I can't say anything more than that. But this series is both well-written, incredibly thoroughly thought out by the author, has real character growth and development, and the plot moves. So it's this is why I was saying it makes a lot of sense that this series is short. So six volumes in total, and it's finished. And to me, considering the way it's been written, that makes perfect sense. I don't know how this story could expand or could last for like dozens of volumes. And I'm not sure that necessarily I would enjoy it doing so. The fact that it is so like tightly constructed is pretty evident from these first three volumes. And stories that are like really tightly constructed like this, generally speaking, are better off short. Because otherwise you, you start introducing crazy things that don't fit or doing weird justification to, to expand or extend things. And I'm actually really, really looking forward to the final three volumes of this story. It's exciting for me to be able to finish a light novel series that has like a proper full ending like that. So yeah, I, I really can't wait to see how it, it concludes. Uh, one other thing, so this is kind of in relation to the writing. So I, I was saying it's, it's more of a dense read and it's also longer. These volumes are quite long especially for a light novel series. We're talking three to 400 pages, and that's not long, long, but when you look at, for example, like Funa's works that are like 200 pages, this is, you know, 50% higher, maybe even double the page count. So you, you really have a lot to, to dig into. These three volumes themselves are long enough that the amount of content could be like double the volumes of some other work. I think this story also does a really good job of establishing like themes through its plot lines and characters that they then use to to hammer home you know either character development or plot development and again this all just ties back to the fact that i think usada nonohara is a good writer overall like i wouldn't i'm not saying like the prose is something special amazing fantastic but the writing is very good it's solid light novel writing and so th there's a real coherence to this whole series that I think many other light novel series could learn a, two or a thing or two from. So I, I think before I end up saying things uh, beyond what I should for this and, and giving away any kind of spoilers or hints, I'm going to wrap it up there. Um, thank you to all the people who voted for this series. 
I'd had my eye on it for a little while anyway. And, you know, I wouldn't put it in a poll to read if I didn't want to read it. But I'm really glad that it won the poll so I could pick it up or give me the excuse to pick it up right now and read it. And I really enjoyed that. So speaking of polls, there should be another one up now for the next J Novel Club series for me to pick up. I think it has like two or three more days left on it. So get in there, go to my Twitter, I am DocPay, vote for the next series that the next new series I'll pick up and I'll probably then talk about on this podcast. So, so far, the last two or the first two polls I've done worked out really well. I mean, we had the last one from last episode, A Wild Last Boss Appeared, and then we've got this one, The Alchemist Who Survived Now Dreams of a Quiet City Life. So I'm really looking forward to what wins the current poll. Anyway, that's it for me. Thanks for listening. Follow my Twitter, I am DocPay for updates. And if you enjoy Docupied, please leave me a review wherever you listen to this podcast. All the reviews help and help other people find it. So if you have five minutes and you enjoy this podcast, I'd really appreciate you leaving a review. I'll catch you next time.